This is the Chefs Without Restaurants podcast with your hosts, Chris Spear and Andrew Wilkinson. Each week, we'll be speaking with food entrepreneurs and people in the culinary industry. The following episode is one of our COVID Zoom sessions. If you're interested in learning more about our organization dedicated to helping people build and grow their food businesses, look us up on the web at chefswithoutrestaurants.com and .org and on Facebook and Instagram at Chefs Without Restaurants. Now, enjoy the show. This is episode 33 of the Chefs Without Restaurants podcast. On this episode, we have Catrice Scott. Catrice is one half of Too Sweet, the custom confections business she started in Frederick, Maryland with her twin sister. On this episode, transitioning from baking at home to cooking out of a commercial kitchen, the impact of COVID-19 on life and business, finding time to be creative, and the custom baking business. And no hard sell here, but if you want to support the show, our Venmo name is C-H-E-F-S-W-O-R-E-S-T-O-S. If you enjoy the show, have ever received a job through one of our referrals, have been a guest, been given complimentary Chefs Without Restaurants swag, or simply want to help, it would be much appreciated. Feel free to let us know if you have any questions. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. Welcome, everyone. This is the Chefs Without Restaurants podcast, and this is your host, Chris. And today we have Catrice from Too Sweet. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, and you? Making the best of it? Making the best of it. That seems to be the theme around here. Uh, Doing great. So why don't you go ahead and tell everyone who you are and a little bit about your business? Um, I am Catrice. I'm actually half of Too Sweet. Um, it's an online bakery me and my twin sister run. Um, we operate out of our commercial kitchen, co-op actually. It's a co-op. So there's several bakers within one kitchen. We all just take turns completing our orders. We do take our orders online. Um, we do not have a storefront, but it wasn't our, our goals, which is kind of messed up right now due to the pandemic. Um, but we operate online bakery, take orders online. We deliver, we have people come and pick them up at the kitchen. Um, and then we also host cookie classes. So we like to teach others how to decorate like we do. Awesome. And I don't like to play favorites here, but I have to say, I think you have the absolute best looking cookies I've ever seen. Just well, the, thank you. I, I appreciate that so much. The ridiculous amount of creativity that you <laughs> seem to do. And it looks like you, you're really having fun with it. Yes, that that I think is what sets my cookies apart is that I actually love and enjoy and just, I mean, cook, it's just, it's just, it just means everything to me. They mean everything to me. So are you and your sister both equally talented in the same things? Do you guys both bake? Do you both decorate? How, what's the dynamic there? The dynamic with us, so the craziest thing is a couple years ago, I did not bake. And not only did I not bake, I didn't know really how to cook either. (laughs) Um, I decided in 2015 to actually go to Frederick Community College. Um, And when I started, I probably was, I mean, I had took like cooking one-on-one and then I hopped in like um, all of my English one-on-one and science, math, and all those classes. And then I got a job over at Canapace Catering, which was the best job I've ever had in my whole entire life. And that really, that job is what set 
me off. I took off from there. So were you doing traditional, like, savory cooking over at Canapes? Yeah, so um, I actually did the lunch. So, like, if you call in and, and order sandwiches and um, soups and such, that is actually what I did. And then on the weekends, I would work events. Um, and then throughout the week, help prepping for the events that would come on the weekends. Um, but I cooked there. I didn't bake. I, I didn't have any interest in baking at all. My sister has been baking since she came out the womb. She is like, she, she's always had, you know, just the nick for it. And um, she actually is the one who started cakes. Um, we were in high school. She actually started doing cakes for people. Um, so her skill level was way beyond mine. And then in 2017, I broke my ankle. I'll just say that. Um, I was in a, in a relationship and um, my ex actually broke my ankle. So it was like a really depressing time for me. And um, someone asked me to do some cookies and I had no interest in it. Decided to just do it just because I had nothing else to do and actually enjoyed it. And I haven't stopped since. Wow. Have you always considered yourself a creative person? Um, I have been creative. Um, I do like to draw. I do like to make up songs and I like to dance and all that fun stuff. I used to actually do t-shirts. So it was really similar to what I do on cookies. I used to do on t-shirts for my nephew. I used to make him like Lakers logos and, you know, just all types of fun stuff on t-shirts. So I'm really doing the same thing, but on cookies. But I'd say this takes a takes more time because I have to bake the cookies. I have to mix the colors. Like I can't just go to the store and buy them. So I like to call myself a artist, but a confectionery artist. Yeah. Cause once again, that's what stands out for me. I mean, your cookies are delicious. I've had them, but they are like works of art. I mean, a lot of people are out there making cookies right now, but the level of work that goes into them on top, the decorating, you know, and every theme you know whatever hot movies out there i see you'll do like a trolls cookie or you know i think the halloween ones were my favorite you did like an it clown or something like that or i saw all these it themed cookies and i just thought wow they are really killing it on that you know i would have trouble eating them do you ever hear that from customers i'm sure you hear it all the time like these are too gorgeous to eat all the time all the time so did you start in a commercial kitchen or did you start under cottage baking regulations? I actually just started at home. I just was at home um, with a broken ankle. Somebody asked me to do cookies. It was it, My sister had baked. Um, so people knew of her and always got in touch with her for stuff. And at the time that they asked me, my sister was actually pregnant. So she wasn't accepting any orders or, you know, however you want to word it. So that's when I decided to do it. Um, I did it at home and I probably, I think I worked from home for maybe a year before we got into the commercial kitchen. So for you, is there a, a moment where then it made sense to scale up? You know, a lot of our listeners are in the beginning stages or thinking about starting a business. How did you know that you wanted to continue and take it another step further by moving out of your home kitchen and moving into a commercial kitchen? So mine's really was the depression that I was in is really what boosted me and what got me to think that it was time. Um, I actually went and got my license once I was able to walk again. So um, took me about a year uh, to get back on my feet. And that really is just what, what motivated me. I will say that I was not 100% ready 
Um, and looking back on things, I may have waited if, you know, nothing bad would have happened to me and I would have had the chance to, but I really just made a promise with myself that once I was able to get back and get back up and walk again, I was just going to just take off. And that's what I did. It worked out for the best, luckily, but um, I, I wouldn't tell anyone else to do it. You know, just you, you always want to plan and you want to make sure you have things set in place before you put your name out there. So what I want to talk about a little bit is, is this a viable business that you can do without having another job or backup income? Because what I'm seeing is a lot of people are doing cookies, cupcakes, things of that nature, but they're still an accountant by day or they're, you know, whatever. And I think, especially through social media, there's a lot of people, you know, who put their food products like this out on Instagram or whatever. And it looks like they're a very successful baker and have a good business. But the reality is they're still also working a 40 hour or more week at another job because they aren't able to pay the bills. So what are, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, are people able to leave their $60,000 a year job to be making cookies? Is that something that is a pipe Um, dream or? it, It is a dream, of course, but I think the only person that would be able to do that is if you were to take out a loan and have a storefront and be able to sell things continually during a day um, where, you know, people could come in and spend money with you, you know, every hour of every day. Um, What made it harder for us was being in the commercial kitchen. We don't have a storefront. We don't have um, people that are able to just stop in. Um, If you wanted to meet with us, you have to make an appointment. Um, but I will say the only thing that the only good thing that came out of what I do is me practicing and me getting better. What's the feedback on the pricing from customers? Do you hear feedback about like, wow, that's a lot for a cookie or? Of course. So I will say when I first started, um, I started out, I charged, I think like 40, $45 for everything. It doesn't matter if you, if they want, I mean, I, I charged the same price for everything that I did. Um, but it was really a learning curve, I think. Um, I needed to go through that to see what cookies would cost more, what would it take for it to cost more. I will say once we got into the kitchen, prices went up, of course, because now we have to pay rent. <laughs> we have to pay, you know, for our certificates. We have, I mean, you know, just things just started coming at us. We want to uh, go and, uh, be in something during the weekend, we have to pay to be there. So price wise, everything had to go into that. I had a lot of customers who bought things from me prior to me getting in the kitchen who did not like that. My prices went up. Um, but I've probably only had three people in the last two years that decided not to order with me. I went through the same thing. You know, when I started my personal chef business, I had no idea what to charge and I would do some things to fill time. You know, there's a one time where I think someone, their budget was like $60 and I said, sure, you know, I'll do this dinner for $60 (laughs) ahead, which is much less than I charge now because I'm more in the hundred dollar range, but you're starting out and you're appreciative of the business. Then they become a repeat customer. And how many times do you feel like you need to honor that $60 ahead? So I did it a couple of times. And then finally, I said to them, just so you know, my prices are actually $100 ahead and have been so for a couple of years. I really appreciate your business. But, you know, maybe we need to talk about what this is going to cost going forward. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, to get back to the whole thing of starting the business, you know, 
do you think you could do a single item or do you have to diversify? Could you just do this with just cupcakes or just donuts or just cookies? Or, you know, you talked about a shop. Do you feel like you need to have a diverse shop or would you still just have a shop that had cookies? Um, yeah, once in our plans, we we're not just going to just strictly be doing cookies um, and strictly doing cakes. We even want to, or we've even been thinking about getting out of doing custom cakes um, so, or custom, you know, I, I do like to do my custom cookies. I don't think I'll ever change that um, because it just, I like making things very personal to people. So I don't think I'll stop doing custom cookies, but um, we would like to have like a set menu of cakes and cupcakes for people to order from instead of doing custom cakes and, and cupcakes. Is that because I, of speed or ease? Or both? Yeah, just ease, ease. It's, it's very stressful. And we think that getting rid of doing custom cakes would help us. <laughs> Again, I, I look at the same thing because I've always said that my dinners are a custom experience, but that takes a lot more work. I think both on the customer end and my end, you know, if someone wants to book a dinner for them, then I'm assigning them a task of filling out a questionnaire and telling me what they like and don't like. And then I have to build a menu around that. And then I send it to them and they need a proposal. And I have toyed with just making a really creative menu and it's kind of the take it or leave it menu. And then if you, you know, are celiac and you need to modify some of those for gluten-free, I can, but instead of starting from scratch and saying, Nope, the world is your oyster and you can have whatever you want. I don't know. Or maybe having a combo and saying, if you want a custom menu, I can do that. But if you want to save time, like here's April's menu. So I think I'm starting to look at 12 monthly menus that are very seasonal and inventive. And then if you want to take the time to do custom, but, you know, just kind of figuring out, I'm playing with it every month. I'm changing things up to see what works better for both me and the customer experience. Yeah. And I really think that social media helps out a lot. Um, You know, you do a party and you post it and people are like, oh my gosh, look what Chris did. Oh, this is so awesome. I want to book him for my event. You know, I think when you're good at something and you love doing it, it shows, it speaks for itself. And even if you have those people who will discuss your prices negatively, you will also have people who will book you that day, who will pay you that day, and who will give you a tip. So I think really it's just finding who's for you and who's not. You know, I don't, I don't create just for anyone, you know, you, you either like it or you don't, you know, there's, there's several other people who make cookies, you know, you can get cookies from someone else if you don't like it. Not to, not to sound mean or anything. It's just, it's a lot that goes into it, you know? Even doing cookies, I, I mean, I'll probably think for like a whole 24 hours about what to do in your set. You know what I mean? I don't want to just, you want Batman, so I'm just thinking, oh, I'm just going to do Batman's mask. Like, no, I want to flip through a comic book. I want to be inspired before I even get ready, you know? And I think that's what makes you stand out for sure. I've had this discussion and sometimes even argument with other personal chefs because I don't like to take orders from a customer. You know, I hate when someone just comes right off the bat and says, I want you to do a Caesar salad and a chicken parm and a tiramisu. Like sometimes I've never even made those dishes. Right. And And you're like, you can get that at Olive Garden. Exactly. And then the customer gets bent. I had a customer a couple weeks ago who told me their favorite dessert was like a molten chocolate cake. I've literally never made one of those. Right. 
so then I proposed a menu to him and I didn't put it on there. And then he came back literally with a hyperlink to like, no, I want you to make the molten chocolate cake from Roy's <laughs> restaurant. But I don't understand that. I've told you I've never made this thing. Right. It's not my specialty. Why do you want me to be making this for you? It just didn't make sense to me. And something as weird as that, because molten chocolate cake is just really a half raw cake. You know, right. if it was like a lemon cake, I'm sure I could figure it out, but something so tricky like that, like a souffle, I don't do them that often. I'm not going to make right. you a souffle, right. but sometimes people don't understand the process of, of doing things like that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I'd totally much rather have some random Batman supervillain cookie than just a Batman mask, so. Right, right. So where are you with things right now? You know, the whole COVID pandemic has knocked everyone's businesses for a loop. What did that do to your business right now? Yeah, so right now, um, <laughs> we're kind of up in the air with a lot of things, um, but it's just kind of unsettling because we don't really know even when we are able to open back up, if people will be able to have parties, like how long is it going to be until we're able to really do what we're doing? We don't really want to take an order because the price of that order is not going to pay for the price of the kitchen. We have to rent time. And if we only have one order coming in for that whole week, it doesn't make sense to take the order because we have to pay to be in the kitchen. So are you not paying any kind of monthly rental on the kitchen? In addition, are you just paying per hour for what you use? No, no, no. It's monthly. So that's what we're saying. If we we only get, you know, like right now, I've probably only had two people reach out for orders right now. And I don't really want to take on those two orders and then be stuck having to pay for a whole month or, you know, to pay for how many hours it just doesn't make any sense right now. So I am trying to like create things at home just to get my social media on, just to get people to still remember us. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I've asked everyone is how do you market and how much should you be marketing at this time? What is the message you're sending when, you know, your photo show all these things kind of like all is fine. Look at this beautiful thing I made, you know, how, How do you put your message out there? Because you do want to stay relevant. You know, I've actually found a lot of traction. So many people are home. So many more people are using social media. And while that can make it noisier, I've seen such an exponential growth in my followers and engagement and things like that. So that's been good for me. So I keep posting. I've like triple down on the things I'm posting and I'm cooking way more at home. I mean, have you seen my Instagram? I think it's been bread every day for the past two weeks. And last night I said, okay, this is the last bread, you know, but I made uh, three loaves of bread. I did a focaccia. I did like 40 flour tortillas. I did four pizzas. And it's just like, (laughs) I need to chill a little bit. See, now uh, my problem with that is once I start creating, that means that I'm going to be eating. (laughs) Well, your family's got to eat or you got to eat, you know. Yeah, now I, you make kimchi, kimchi focaccia, I would tear it up. Oh, I would I would just enjoy that so much right now. The focaccia was so good. We ate the whole thing in one day. And that was totally inspired by another chef. You know, I love Instagram. And the chef that I um, follow and know in D.C. had made a loaf of bread with uh, a daikon kimchi in the dough. And mm-hmm. I was like super intrigued by that. And I asked him, 
you know, how well he drained the kimchi. He said, oh, I used some of the juice in the dough. And I did a Google search and found nobody else who was making a kimchi bread. But right. I did find this one recipe for focaccia and I looked at it and I took a lot of things out of there that I loved. And then just kind of the way I do start hybriding things together and playing with the dough a little bit and the technique. And those are the kind of things that I feel like I haven't had as much time to do when my business took off. I feel like as I was starting my business, I wasn't as busy. So I had more time to be creative and try new recipes. And then thankfully the business took off and then you're just in it all the time. Right. And all you're doing is the customer wants this. I got to make this. The customer wants that. I got to make that. And now I don't have a slow Monday. You know, I used to go on Monday or Tuesday to the store, buy a bunch of stuff and do like an R and D cooking day at home. And thankfully, the business took off so much that I've been busy, but then I've lost that end of the creative, um, yeah. just kind of testing new recipes. So I'm really trying to, to try to do that now. Of course, going to the store is tough. I'm trying to go to the grocery store like once every two to three weeks. Yep. So it's, uh, we're running low on things and it's getting weird around here. Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel exactly the same way. Once, So what I'll say, I didn't have a plan. I started my business. And literally, once I posted some cookies, it was like orders just flowed in from there. I've literally have had like no time to myself. And so I have this time now that I'm just sitting here. I have lists that I've made since 2017 of cookies that I wanted to do that I never got a chance to do because I was always doing what people wanted, what they ordered. Um, But now that I'm sitting here, I'm getting lazy. I'm like, I'll get up and I'll be like, okay, Catrice. Let's try to get something done today. Something to post. Let's just get something to post. And I will watch TV. Uh, I mean, I'll go out for a jog. Or I, I mean, I have two, I have two kids. So I recently became a mom last year to two kids. Um, so now I have a three, almost four-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old son. His birthday was just on April 1st. And I was trying to have this big old party and, you know, try to make him feel so special and couldn't have a party. So you can't say you're lazy. I mean, I have two kids. No (laughs) one with any kids is lazy right now. I know you may be feeling like you're in a creative slump. That's okay. Okay, that's what it is. I'm in a creative slump. You can sit down and watch TV. You know, we're doing plenty of that. We got up this morning and watched a movie. Yeah, you know, I think everyone's got to deal with this thing the best they can. And sometimes people go right deep into the cooking and doing all that. And then some people take it as a much needed break from things, right? Because we're all so busy. And that's why I've tried to not overstress myself. Like when looking at having my business, the Chefs Without Restaurants organization, the family and all that, um, that's been a lot. And now it's like, oh, I can just go for a two hour walk today with the family and not feel like there's something else I should be doing, you know? Yeah. Are your cookies always the same base flavor? So, you know, what I'm familiar with is a lot of decorated. Are all your cookies decorated and are they all the same flavor cookie? Yes. So that's actually like something that I wanted to get into was offering different flavors. Um, That was something that I wanted to put out this year. Um, So that's kind of messing me up right now. Um, Up until now, we have only offered sugar cookies. Um, but I was trying to get into a chocolate based and a funfetti and a caramel. So right now I'm just kind of waiting. <laughs> yeah. Every, everything's in a holding pattern right now. Yeah. It's just a waiting game. I mean, I, I think it's still maybe too early to even tell, but pricing, you know, as we come out of this thing, are people going to be more conservative on spending? You know, when you hear numbers, 
like yesterday that 10% of Americans are unemployed right now. Like when people come out of this, where are they going to be spending their money and how are they going to be spending their money? I mean, that's on the forefront of my thinking right now. No, I feel the same way. I, I keep joking, like, no one is trying to order cookies right now, okay? Like, and I understand it. I'm not really ordering anything neither. I was literally planning my sister's um, bridal shower. My sister was getting married. She should be in London right now on her honeymoon. Um, you know, so I have, you know, things that I, rentals and everything that I was renting to do this bridal shower for her, everything got placed on hold. And then all of the parties that I'm doing cookies for that got placed on hold. So it's just like, what, you know, what do you do? What do you, what do you, what are we really supposed to do right now? Yeah. Have you had any offerings or any kind of ways of raising funds right now? Like a lot of people are saying buy a gift certificate or buy some of this swag. Like do you have like shirts or hats people can buy or any kind of gift certificates or, or no money coming in whatsoever? So for the gift certificates, we just don't feel comfortable taking people's money right now and not knowing what the future holds. Um, you know, we wouldn't want to take your money and then not really feel comfortable opening up our business again fully. Uh, you know, we, it's baking. So you always have to be worried and conscious of things when it's something that people eat. So right now with a virus that we don't really know too much about, I'm real. I don't feel comfortable offering people my service right now. I, you know, I, I would be heartbroken if I got someone sick. You know what I mean? I understand people doing it because you really feel like you have to, because you have bills, but I personally just don't feel comfortable taking orders right now or, or, or gift cards, just, just taking any money from anyone right now. I don't feel comfortable doing it. And I think some of that will maybe change when the unemployment thing changes, you know, I'm self-employed. People who are self-employed right now are not eligible for unemployment, which is tough, you know, and they say with the CARES Act passing, we will be. So I think a lot of people right now are still kind of hustling to make every dollar they can because they're not eligible for things. And my guess is that when people who are self-employed, who are a lot of like caterers and food truck operators and such, and once they can get some unemployment, I think you're going to see a lot more of these places closed down, but that's just kind of my guess. And I think it's right. It's only right. You know, I think everyone deserves to be helped at this time, but I personally don't feel comfortable taking money from people right now. Yeah. I haven't really, I've had some people buy gift certificates from me, which is great. I mean, I know that I'm going to continue to operate when this is over. And a lot of people have kind of said, listen, I'm going to go ahead and buy a, a gift certificate so we can do a dinner when this is over. Actually, a relative of mine bought a $700 gift certificate to do a dinner for seven when this is over. So that was a nice little bump there to keep us going. And I'm really appreciative of people who do that. And the same with this podcast I just posted uh, yesterday. You know, I'm not one to ask for money, but just kind of said like, hey, Andrew and I talked about doing a Patreon. And if anyone wants to throw us some money, here's the Venmo. I set up a Venmo for Chefs Without Restaurants and just saying, you know, we've got thousands of people on between the Instagram and the Facebook and the group. And literally if like 40 people sent us $1, that would cover like operational costs for a month. And it's like, that would be great. So like one guy, you know, sent some money last night and that's really nice. Just looking at things like that. It's hard to ask for help and we're still going to do this, but it's like, Hey, you know, if you appreciate this, like how about a dollar? Not, you know, like we were trying to launch this Patreon where we would have um, a tiered program with, different offerings and stuff, but that's getting hard right now. Like we're going to have shirts made, like 
where are we going to do that and things like right. that. So we just kind of put it up there. But otherwise, you know, it's like everyone's trying to do what they can to get a, a buck here or there. Yep. Yep. I think we're going to jump into the speed round if that works for you. Okay. So this is the modified speed round we've been doing. So the first question I always like to ask these days is, what are some pantry items that you went and stocked up on before you were going to be stuck at home? You know, I think we all kind of knew we were going to be at home for two or three weeks. What are some things you went and got or made sure you had on hand or wish you had? So what I did get was um, pasta, rice, flour, the frozen vegetables, frozen fruit, um, avocados, and water. Other little things that I got, everything's really running out. You know, you can't buy too much milk and cheese and all that type of stuff. So. I know we bought a couple, I think maybe we got like three dozen eggs and now it looks like they're all going out of date tomorrow. So. Oh, really? Now I bought three dozen eggs and they're gone. Eggs are gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've been doing a lot of things. We made a quiche this week. We've used them for a bunch of stuff. So I'm just going to have to figure out what I'm going to do with some eggs in a day or two. (laughs) Are there any businesses that are open right now that you want to give a shout out to anyone, you know, who's still out there grinding away and could use some love? Oh, pizza llama. Pizza Llama. Missing Andrew, for sure. Yes. Shout out to Pizza Llama. I see DJs are still open in Buckystown. And then uh, Dutch's Daughter. I've seen they've been giving out a lot of food. Um, and that's like one of my favorite restaurants in Frederick. So I've, I've ordered out a couple times um, since this has started. Me and my sister. My sister's oven actually broke. So she has it worse than me right now. Her home <laughs> oven broke? Yes. Oh no. Yes. That so sounds like the worst. We got yeah. lazy fish last night because we love some sushi. Mm, see, that sounds so good right now. My boyfriend now, he's allergic to seafood. So I have been living a dreadful life. <laughs> it's tough when you have people not all on the same page of what they eat. I mean, we've got right. six in our house. My in-laws live here and then with the kids. And it seems like someone's always not into something. Like my in-laws mm. don't do sushi, but Lazy Fish has a lot of good other things. So last night they got like the Singapore uh, shrimp noodles with like a, a curry, which was delicious because I tried a bite or so. And I think tonight we're picking up Jerk and Jive. So, you know. Okay. To- you know, that's one place I have not tried yet. They're really good. And we live out there. We're off of Ninth Street. So they're like literally oh, okay. walking distance across the street. So also any place that we can just get in and out of really quick is always appreciated. What are some fantastic resources for people looking to get into maybe baking or cooking? Are there books, websites, people to follow? Like, what would you recommend? Um, literally, the way that I learned was videos on Instagram. If you, like, there's um, certain pages, like, I think it's Talented Cookiers. Um, so you can, like, go to their page and they post a new cookier, like, every day or maybe even twice or three times a day. So I'll just sift through those and, and find, you know, people that I just adore their cookies. And I just started watching videos and just wanting to, wanting to create, um, resource wise. I don't really have like anything specific. I mean, I know there's, there's tons and tons and tons of videos that people do and post them on YouTube. Um, but I would say my number one help comes from Instagram even creative wise, if I'm, if I'm looking to, if I'm looking to do like Minnie Mouse cookies or something, I want to search the hashtag. So yeah, Instagram searching hashtags is something also, um, if I'm doing Minnie Mouse cookies, I'll search the Minnie Mouse cookie hashtag 
go through people's, maybe take a, you know, a few designs from there and add it into whatever I'm thinking. Um, so I would say Instagram is a huge resource. Well, that's crazy. I don't do any videos on Instagram and I probably should because I hear this from a lot of people and I watch some, you know, our guest uh, a couple of weeks ago, Tony talks about videos of pasta on Instagram. And, you know, I don't know. It's just, I don't do videos. I do more still photography and then putting the recipe out there. But I've heard from a number of people. I mean, I know Instagram videos are huge and I think that's something I really need to be working on. That's, I keep saying the same thing with that too. Something I need to work on, doing videos, showing people how to do cookies. I really like got the itch for it when I started my classes. I just love, love, love seeing people be able to do things. Um, So... I do want to start doing videos, even not even people who want to do it, just people who want to know how it's done, you know? There's a lot of recreational watchers out there, I think. Yes. It's very satisfying. (laughs) It is. We usually ask what your favorite meal is. I want to ask, do you have a favorite dessert? If I have to say my favorite dessert, it would be, I always pronounce it wrong, pavlova? Pavlova? I've said pavlova, but I don't know. Yeah, that's my favorite. I love it. It's like, wow, what is that? It's beautiful. Like, it's the best. Right on. Something to add to your menu, right? I want to see that when you open up your shop. Yeah. Oh, I have big dreams. Humongous dreams. Well, that's great. I'm I'm excited to hear that, that this hasn't gotten you down and you aren't counting yourself out here, that you're just going to kind of wait it out and come back and maybe be bigger and better than before. Right, right. Exactly. And it gives you some much needed time, I think, to really think things through. You know, in my opinion, it's a nice pause to just kind of, you can go back and assess what the past year was like right. and where to go from here. Yep. Any wrongs you've made, I guess, any any help you can provide to others. It's just a lot. I, I think people like to look at this situation in a negative view because it halted our lives and lives as we know it. But I do believe that everything happens for a reason. I think that we should take the time, appreciate that we are alive, that we're healthy, um, that we have a house to even be in. So, And then the last question is we always kind of ask, what would you like to be remembered for? And that could be either personally or professionally or both. Hmm. That's deep. Hmm. (laughs) I know. Andrew threw that in there as one of our like, rapid fire questions but it's more of like the closing question because we always said like rapid fire should be one or two words and then this big one like (laughs) hey we're getting ready to wrap this up what do you want to be remembered for yeah wow um what do i want to be remembered for i guess just creating awesome cookies and you know just just putting my love into it making it personal just making awesome cookies able to put smiles on people's faces with cookies, you know, because that's even like a, like, huh? Like, what do you mean? But I really touch people with what I do. So I imagine you're doing that with most, if not all of your customers. Yeah. Thanks so much for taking time to come on the show and to our listeners out there. This was the Chefs Without Restaurants podcast. As always, you can find us at chefswithoutrestaurants.com and .org and on all social media at Chefs Without Restaurants. Thanks and have a great week. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me, Chris. Thanks for listening to the Chefs Without Restaurants podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show or sponsoring a show, please let us know. We can be reached at chefswithoutrestaurants at gmail.com. Thanks so much.